We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the Pirates suck this year. And the Steelers are in shambles. So, why not get some little revenge and make some money out of this, guys? Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code armchair. You put 100 in, you get 100 back. So, 200 bucks right there. My bookie's been in business for years. Has a mobile site so you can bet on the go. And if you miss your bet one day, you can place a live bet. And I got ten, tons of other props that you use. You can even bet on fantasy points. Go check it out, you guys. Go to mybookie.ag and enter the promo code armchair for your first deposit bonus. Put 100 in and get 100 back. All right, guys. Welcome in. It's Wild Harris here, another Panther Ranch podcast. Happy Monday to you guys. Another pit victory. So we're 2-on-2 two two now. Which means we're going to get a pit live wire. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this one, aren't you guys? I would love the whole Penn State one. That would have been cool, but... I'll take Central Florida instead. I mean, this was a one hell of a game. From start to finish. I mean... Lots of ups and downs, lots of mood swings, all kind of stuff. Now, with Central Florida, basically, this was kind of like, well, kind of like a, the scene of Happy Gilmore where Bob, you know, where Happy gets pissed off and, you know, fights Bob Barker. Happy, as we all know. It's kind of like Central Florida. Happy had a blistering slap shot. He was a very mean, very physical hockey player. But he could never get on the pro team. Pretty much, that's Central Florida in a nutshell. They're mean. They beat the crap out of uh, a lot of people. But they're just not good enough to get into a major conference. So they take their aggressions on all programs like Pitt and continually make a um, a case for themselves. But it doesn't matter. Other conferences don't want to touch them. Now, this the scene on Saturday at Heinz Field was pretty much like when Happy attacked Bob Barker. Central Florida rolled in the Heinz Field 
wanting a piece of Pitt. And Pitt said in the first half, we don't want a piece. We want the whole damn thing. So Pitt jumped out up 21-0. Then as things were looking uh, pretty swimmingly for Pitt, just like the five Bob Barker, Happy starts swinging back. And, you know, like Central Florida, Happy uh, give, gave the headbutt to Bob Barker, knocked him out. At least he thought he did. And said, the price is wrong, bitch. And then Pitt reaches up, grabs him by the neck, and beats themselves out of the jaws of defeat. And Pitt said, in the final series, now you've had enough bitch that's pretty much what we recap pretty much what happened on um, on Saturday at Heinz Field I would have loved to have gone on a game but I had to get back here to Houston and just get back you know get back to my kids and and of course I had to get plus I had to be back at work on Monday anyway so would have loved to have Made to a pick game. I haven't been the one in Lord knows how long. Probably over a decade. Probably since I moved here. One day I'll get back. And check it out. Uh, some other things I may... I tried to last night. But I'm supposed to jump on a podcast on Matt Zemeck. Later tonight. We're going to do a um, podcast on... Central Florida and Pitt, and he wants to talk about Pitt as well. Matt's, I'll make sure to get that out to you guys when we do it. Matt uh, has been a you know a writer for you know, especially for college football for so long. So even before I was following him on Twitter, he's been you know doing this for forever. And so for me personally, this is a um, I'm kind of excited about this. Well, not really kind of. I am excited. It's a you know, you know I've interacted with Matt on several occasions and read a bunch of his articles and all kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool to actually be jumping on a podcast to talk sports with him. If you love tennis, Matt does some really good tennis coverage. I mean, last time I talked to him, I tried to get a little, I tried to get on a podcast this summer and. At the time, he was wrapped up with um, with the French with I believe I believe it was the French Open. So, this is kind of cool. But take a look at the game itself. I you know, in terms of the whole Happy Gilmore stuff, I just gave you guys. I mean, it was it was a hell of a game, and you couldn't have asked for a better game. I mean, lots of action. The top of that pit came, pit came out victorious. And just when you thought that they were going to let this one slip, they somehow snatched the victory from the jaws of the feet. It would have been awesome if they could have won last week at State College and pulled this one out. But this one was a critical win. And maybe after this win... We know more about this pit team. And maybe the pit team knows more about them. 
as I said on the podcast on Friday, if Pitney was going to have any chance of winning this game, they were going to have to put the fear into UCF's quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. And what happened? Pitt did just that. They put the fear into him, made him uncomfortable, and on top of that, forced two turnovers. They picked him off twice. And they had a block punt for a touchdown as well. And before we knew it, Pitt was up 21-0. They were, they were moving the ball. Kenny Pickett's obvious, you know, he's shown a lot, a lot of progress. I mean, he he was showing signs of it in the, you know, against Ohio. He was, uh, especially in the second half where he was hitting his receivers. Penn State, he showed a, a lot of progress, and he showed even more against Central Florida. A lot of his throws, though, are, are a little bit off, but he's getting, the, but the thing is, is he's getting his ball to his receivers. If he gets all these passes on, he's going to get more first downs, and I think he would have gotten more touchdowns as well, and if not, more bigger gains than what he was getting. But at the end of the day, he's getting the ball out quick, and he's getting the ball out to his, to his receivers. And if he has to, he's he's moving around. He's not sitting in the pocket like a dead duck. He's moving out. If he can scramble, throw on the run, he's doing that. Or if not, he's taking off with his feet. He had 61 yards rushing on Saturday. They go this 200 plus yards. Defensively, Pitt, you know, did as best as they could. The injury bug was hitting them, obviously. Especially in the secondary. And, and basically, if you're, if you're guys that just aren't healthy, they're not really 100%. Central floor is going to burn you. And especially if you give the quarterback time to throw, he's going to find that mismatch and he's going to take advantage of it. And they're, and they're going to know exactly what that mismatch is when they go out there. So he doesn't have to worry about a pass rush at that point. He knows who his wink link is, and he's going he's gonna to expose him. And that's what they were doing. Pitch him up to 20 nothing, And, of course, the fumble. And two quick, you know, such a floor scores later. It's 21-10 at halftime. Pick up the ball to start the half. And we all knew how critical these drives were. Well, Pitt had two drives. Pitt's two first opening drives, they just laid eggs. And Central Florida just made them pay on both of them. And before you knew it, it was 31 21 Central Florida. So Pitt was up 21 nothing. UCF scores 31 unanswered points. Pitt would eventually make a 31 28. And there was opportunities to tie it. And of course, Kessel uh, shanked another kick. In fact, he shanked two kicks in that game. Well, it was funny because early in the game, you know, before the game actually, there was people were bragging about how on Twitter about how he was booming kicks from 60 yards. Well, that's great that he's booming kicks from 60 yards in the pregame. We need him to boom kicks 
from between, let's say, I don't know, 20 to 40 some yards, maybe? 20 to 50 yards? I mean, a 35 yarder would be a start for him. But yeah, he shanked the 35 yarder, and of course, Pat had to give him a hug and say, It's okay. We need you. I'll buy you an ice cream after the game. You know, you're not going to be left out. If you, know, if you don't get one, I'll make sure you get ice cream. Because. You know, although everybody else in the, in the group project did their did their job, and of course you just didn't show up to the uh, meetings, you'll still get your A. It's okay. Pitt would eventually fall down. <coughs> it was thirty four twenty eight, and of course Pitt had one last gasp, and they moved the ball down the field on fourth down, as we thought once again. Just as we uh, figured, it's going to be one of those games where we come up short. Pitt does the Philly special. And it worked. Can't pick a catch the game when you touchdown pass. We make the extra point, thank God. And people sell it. It was funny because people were celebrating as if we just kicked a game winning field goal. And I'm like, eh, guys, uh, 56 seconds left. It didn't matter, though. Pitt's defense wasn't letting this game slip. Final drive for Central Florida. Pitt kicked the crap out of them. And of course, during the lateral, Dane Jackson lays a big hit to end that game, and that was it. We were done. And whatever talk about Central Florida being in the beat, you know, in the playoff or whatnot, all that's gone for at least another year. I mean, Central Florida is a hell of a team. They're, they're probably the best program in the state of Florida right now because Miami sucks. Florida isn't that good. Florida State is hot garbage. South Florida is now, I guess, boarding on mediocre right now. Depends on how deep, how, how low Charlie Strong takes them. And, of course, you got the Island of Mr. Toys and Florida National for Atlantic. So Central Florida is the, probably the best program in the state right now. I mean, figure all those great athletes that come out of that state and all those three-power programs and then Central Florida is the best. Now, if you put Central Florida in a power program would things change? Probably. Not the bad it wouldn't. I think they would dominate in a power conference off you know, early. But if you factor in recruiting, academics, and whatnot, I'm not sure what kind of players they have to recruit as well. Because a lot of times with programs like Central Florida, they tend to get the players that we can because of academics. I mean, that's how you know Marshall's done really well in Conference USA is because they get the, they're able to get the certain players because their academics aren't great. But I'm sure um, they would still do pretty well. You really, I mean, I'm not sure where they would go as far as a power conference, maybe the Big 12. They can't, you know, obviously come to the ACC because there's Miami and Florida State already. SEC got Florida. 
So, you know, your only hope is Big Ten or Big 12. If they were looking, you know, for a you know, power conference to go hang out at, you know, hang out at. After the game, Penn, you know, you saw Penn Arduzzi in the post, you know, on ESPN talking about his players. He dropped an F-bomb, which is, you know, it happens. The guy was emotional. You could tell he was, you know, on the verge of tears. You know, this was a, uh, this was an important win for him and, you know, good for him. You know, good for the team as well. I mean, they needed this. And if anything, it's going to, you know, hopefully set the tone for the rest of the season. As you know, they got one more. I believe they have one more non-conference game, which is um, Delaware, I believe. And then um, after that, they go, they, they go in the harder ACC schedule. And if you look at their schedule, all those teams are beatable. But you know, as far as far as the rest of the season goes. The Coastal, obviously, is still up for grabs. Uh, Virginia, obviously, is still in the driver's seat, but they have really haven't done enough to show that they're uh, not to convince me. I mean, they played Old Dominion, and they Old Dominion gave them a hard time. And, of course, the week before that, Florida State took them to the uh, bitter end. So... I don't really see, I mean, I see Virginia in the driver's seat still. They just haven't done enough to convince me right now. Because I thought after the pit game that this UVA team would get better and better each week. And they just, I don't know, they've just been going through the motions. Especially these last two weeks. And they may drop a few more games here. We'll see. But as far as the rest of the um, ACC did this week, uh, Boston College beat Rutgers. Rutgers gave them a hard time early, but they pulled away late. Syracuse had a um, they had a shootout with Western Michigan, and they pulled away later, 52-33. Appalachian State knocked off North Carolina, 34-31. The overnight game was like 58. I said to bet the over on that one, and I was, I was right on that one. Uh, I was uh, obviously the Mac Brown era started off pretty swimmingly, but they've lost two heartbreakers. Louisville, Florida State. Florida State uh, had control of this game early, but they let Louisville back in it, but pulled away. Miami barely beat Central Michigan. Central Michigan's horrible. Miami, you know, they took. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Miami right now, but oof. Virginia beats Old Dominion twenty seventeen. NC State knocks off Ball State 34-23 and Clemson knocks off Charlotte by a score of 52-10. Now let's look at the rest of the top 25. USC knocked off Utah. The Pac-12 is a mess. Bama won their game. LSU destroyed Vanderbilt 66-38. I thought Vanderbilt would at least cover that game. Not so much. I mean, LSU to put drop sixty six on a uh, another SEC team. It's unheard of. Wisconsin hammered Michigan thirty five fourteen. This game. I mean, this 
the game itself is a lot worse than the score. Paul Chris manhandled Michigan, and I, and I think you know if Paul really wanted to, he would have dropped <laughs> a lot more on them. He hates Harbaugh. I mean, I don't know what's going on Michigan. I don't even think it's even Harbaugh in general. They've been through so many coaches. I think it's more Michigan. You know, things really slipped towards the end in the, in the Mac Brown era. Then they hire Rich Rod, who changed the whole program around with his system. And then in the middle of it, just as he was trying to lay, you know, change from the whole pro style and whatnot, trying to modernize him a little bit, they fire him. And then they, they, they bring Brady Hoke, and Brady Hoke wasn't winning enough. And then, of course, they bring Harbaugh in. And I think they're just, they're just going to have to really wait until Harbaugh does something. Ohio State destroyed Miami, Ohio, 76-5. Cal beat Ole Miss at the goal line, 20-20. Washington uh, brings BYU to life, 45-19. SMU in an old-school Southwest Conference matchup. Hammers beats TCU 41-38. Texas knocks off Oklahoma State 36-30. Wow. Sprout not game a six and a half. Oklahoma State covered that one. Georgia beats Notre Dame. That was a great game. 23-17. Notre Dame was, came in at, at game time, 16-point underdogs. Colorado beats Arizona State. UCLA upsets Washington State 67-63. I guess uh, they. I guess UCLA was pretty upset over the whole, um, you know, keeping the streets clean, which sucked for me because I had a really good parlay, and I went to bed then. I went to bed with uh, Washington State four nine seventeen. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a nice parlay. I wake up and I lost the parlay, and I look at the score, and somehow um, Mike Leach's team, you know, has their what the f moment because that's the thing about Mike Leach. His teams always have a game where they lose, and you wonder why the hell they lost it. And naturally, it was this game. I don't know. I guess, you know, Mike Leach should have, uh, I don't know, should have worried about playing defense and worrying about the streets of California keeping, keeping them clean. Although a lot of people took his comment to heart, I understand, about how, you know, and they gave, you know, because I guess, you know, California's going to allow, you know, college players to make, you know, money off themselves. And I guess Mike said they should worry about other things like keeping their streets clean. And I, you know, and he's, and, and to be honest, he cleaned it up when he said, you know, it's my opinion, I could be wrong about it. So he, I mean, he at least acknowledges his, his opinion probably isn't worth jack shit. So, but of course, people got really mad over it, as always. But things happen. As we get to some rest of the stuff, I was in Pittsburgh on Friday when we got, we got when we got the news Antonio Brown was cut by the Patriots. And, of course, you know, you would have thought the Steelers won the Super Bowl when this happened. People were... And, you had some people that said, oh, I was right all along about him, and... Well, for what? I mean... New England obviously had no choice but to cut him. 
and of course Antonio Brown said, well, you know, Bob Crap got in trouble, but he's still with the team. Well, Bob Crap is the freaking owner. And he, he points out what, what happened with Shannon Sharp and Big Ben and what they went through. And, of course, they kept their jobs. And Well, I mean, Ben got suspended for six games initially. Then he behaved himself and stayed out of trouble. And the suspension went down to four. And on top of that, he, you know, he had to settle. He pretty much kept himself out of trouble after that. And if anything, he kept himself out of the public eye for a lot of it as well. He got married. He, you know, out of the blue, all of a sudden got, was, was getting married and But on but in the case of Antonio Brown, well, he has a civil suit, and of course, he could have easily just kept his mouth shut. But he's been going off on Twitter, and of course, going after his accuser as well. And he could have just laid low, but he, you know, he's not. And New England does. And New England just decided to, um, well, pull the plug on it. I'm sure they could have stuck by him, but at the end of the day, his it just wasn't worth it. They're, you know, they're they're deep of receiver. They're very, you know, they have a really good team without him. They don't really need him, so that's why he was cut. They don't need his. They don't need the crap he's bringing. So boom, off you go. And I think they realized that it just really wasn't going to be worth it. And of course, Antonio Brown's upset because now he he doesn't want to play for the NFL because you know owners could do what they want because you know obviously he wasn't going to get his money is what it was was what the problem was. Well, that's what happens when you sign a contract. I mean, that money is guaranteed if you play and if you behave yourself. But if you're bringing, you know, if you're bringing on on one of of BS, and if a team doesn't need you, they can cut you. So that's what they did. So he's, he got released by Nike and he's lost a whole bunch of money. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, he's not here no more. He's not really worth. And if anything, the Steelers fan—I mean, Steelers fans in general—should put the guy, just put him in your put him in your rearview mirror. Just forget about him. Remember the good times with him because you know he did bring a lot of good times and a lot of great memories to Pittsburgh. It sucks how it ended, and the aftermath has really sucked. But just remember the good he brought. And hopefully, whatever he's going through, he gets help. Or figures it out. I don't know. But the Steelers are 0-3. And I'm seeing a lot of... Um, which means I have to look, have to look at the uh, numbers here. Because 
you know, I heard that James Conner fumbled a um, had a critical fumble in the game, and I've heard that pretty much he hasn't been really that good this season. And but then again, the Steelers in general haven't been any good. So I mean, it's just a, you know bad year. And, And you can say pretty much this could be the end of the Tomlin era as well. But we'll see because the Roonies. The Roonies aren't always quick to pull the plug. I mean, after some string of successful seasons, Bill Cowher had two really bad ones where they went 7 9, 6 and 10. And of course, you know. The next year when they went 9-7 in 2000, but they missed the playoffs three years in a row. And the Steelers didn't, um, they didn't fire Cowher. They stuck by him. 2001, they had a diamond year. Should have went to the Super Bowl, but didn't. 2002, they, you know, they, they, won, you know, they stayed a wing season, but it wasn't great. They had a really down year in 2003. Then 2004, they get Ben, and they go 15-1, and then they go, he wins the Super Bowl and he retires. So, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Tomlin. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's going to be the end of his career here. He may still be sticking around. All thing I can say to you guys is just to keep an eye on this one. Don't jump to conclusions on it yet, because he may not go anywhere. I mean, it, dep- it depends on how the season goes. At 0-3, if they can do something and resuscitate it or show signs of progress, then he, he probably stays. If not, then he goes. But if anything, a lot of bad things are going on about the offensive coordinator. They may want to get rid of him. In fact... If they want to, if they want to make a long-term commitment to Mason Rudolph, get a offensive coordinator that's going to work for him, not one that's you know, not one that works just for Ben. Get one that works for Mason. If Mason's going to be your future, because Ben obviously his future is pretty much done. So we'll see, guys. And a big shot to Pitt Women's Volleyball for winning at State College for the first time in Lord knows how long. And that's the, uh, excuse my, fr- my phone, guys. That's the, uh, that's what happens when you go bumper to bumper when people just hit their brakes all of a sudden. But shout out to Pitt Women's Volleyball. They uh, won at State College and they won by a swept. And, you know, they lost at home to uh, Penn State in front of their biggest crowd and I can I can generally say that it's vintage it's vintage pit where we you know where we get a big buzz and get a big crowd and we just lay an egg but Pitt women's volleyball is probably our best program we've had in in recent years since we joined the ECC so I'm gonna I'm going to enjoy their success because Otherwise, we start complaining about what they do in the tournament, and then we, you know, we need we all of a sudden need a coach that does up tempo volleyball and 
this whole um, this whole system this sucks. We'll hire an up tempo coach, and then thanks you know the volleyball program goes to shit. Somewhere like what happened with basketball. Although I believe Pitt and Dick, Jamie Dixon were going to part ways. And it was just time, that time. I think Jamie won it out. He knew the ship was sinking. It's just, uh, I just didn't envision that we would hire um, Kevin Stallings as, re- as a replacement. What you'll probably go down is one of the what the f, f moments in you know, Pittsburgh sports history. But anyways, guys, have a beautiful Monday, rest of the week. I'll talk to you guys later. Hell to pit.